today. It's called My Worth It. My Worth It. Now, some of you say, well, Pastor, that's not good English. I've never really been accused of good English. But the, the message, the title will make sense as we go. I want you to turn to two portions of scriptures. I want you to turn to Matthew first, and we'll end up there, Matthew chapter 26, and we're going to start in Luke chapter number 19. So we'll start in Luke 19, but we're going to end up in Matthew very quickly, Matthew chapter 26. We're going to tackle a mindset today about worship. We're going to talk about uh, maybe some some things that you think about worship that aren't necessarily true. You think them because you think them. Maybe you were taught them. Maybe the devil planted some seeds in your head about what worship is. And and, uh, we're going to talk about that today because it's Palm Sunday. So I want to read some of the scriptures and then we're going to dive into what God has to say today. We're going to start in Luke chapter number 19, verse 37. Here's what it says. It says, Then as he was now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. If you have Matthew open, uh, Matthew chapter 26, let's start in verse number 6. Matthew chapter 26, verse 6, it says this, And when Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, a woman came to him having an alabaster flask of very costly fragrant oil, and she poured it on his head as he sat at the table. But when the disciples saw it, they were indignant, saying, Why this waste? For this fragrant oil might be sold for much and given to the poor. Right? So this is the accounts, two of the accounts that took place on what we call the Holy Week. Today is the beginning of what we call the Holy Week. It is a very, very important week for us as believers. Uh, it starts with, of course, the triumphant entry. Today is Palm Sunday. And uh, this account is found in three different books of the Gospels. You'll find it in Matthew, Mark, and also in John. You'll find that in different accounts, Jesus sat on a donkey. There was, there was instances where people broke off palm branches and began to wave it. Then they began to throw the palm branches on the ground as he was coming by. And they would say, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And in Matthew's account of what took place, the Pharisees began to look at Jesus and they, they actually started to rebuke him and they said, teacher, they said, teacher, teacher, don't you hear what they're saying, right? In other words, stop them. What they're saying is inappropriate and wasteful, unnecessary, right? And so Jesus had a conversation with them. And then the other events that took place, that Jesus would go into the house of Simon the leper. His body would be anointed in this particular instance that we read in the book of Matthew where, where he, is, he is actually being anointed by a woman whose name was Mary. Her sister was Martha. Her brother was Lazarus. Lazarus had been raised from the dead. 
And when Jesus went into the house, Mary came into the house and she took a very costly, very costly bottle of perfume and she broke it and she anointed with him. He anointed him with the perfume, and the disciples themselves said, why this waste? Why was this wasted? See, so there's this mindset of what is necessary and what is unnecessary. And in these two different acts of worship, because, listen to me, church, they were acts of worship. In these two different acts of worship, there were two different sets of people who thought both things were unnecessary. It was unnecessary for people to grab palm branches, to begin to scream out, Hosanna, Hosanna. And it was also necessary for Mary to come in and to to take this very expensive box of perfume and to break it and to pour it over Jesus. They both considered them necessary. They said, this is not necessary. This is not worship. Sometimes we have a mindset of what worship is. And what worship isn't. Before I could talk to you about what worship is, I want to start by talking to you about what worship is not. All right? I want you to begin to, to think about these things. If you have a pen and paper, write these down. First of all, you need to know that this worship is not an event. It is not an event. If the totality of your worship takes place between 11 and 11:25 on a Sunday morning, there's a problem. Hello. So there's a problem. If that's all you do as far as worship throughout the week, you just go, I'm going, we're going to go to worship now. We're just going to, okay, I'm going to go worship the Lord. And, and you do it all in 25 minutes, and that's all you do all week. This is the totality of your time spent in the presence of the Lord. Then that's a problem. You've turned worship into an event, right? Do you remember Jesus in John chapter 4 had a divine encounter? He had a, a setup, a Holy Ghost setup with a woman at a well, a Samaritan woman. And this woman was living in sin, and Jesus called out the sin. He said to her that the man that you're living with is not your husband. And she said, uh, well. And in John chapter 4, it actually says this. She says to Jesus, sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. And then she begins to ask him a question that maybe she had always wondered, and it was about worship. So she begins to try to to turn the conversation to worship, and she says to Jesus, she said that our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews believed that you are supposed to worship in Jerusalem. So which one is right? That's what she says in John chapter 4. Right, But Jesus then turns the conversation because she tried to tie worship around a mountain. She tried to take worship and make it simply a time and a place. And what Jesus did is he unraveled the false teaching that she had been believing all of her life that worship was supposed to be tied simply to a time and place. And Jesus said back to her, listen, there's a time coming and now is the time when it doesn't matter when or where you worship. It matters how. It is an issue of the heart, not a when and where. It is not an event. Come on now. It's not an event. You need to know, worship is not an event. You know the second thing worship isn't? Worship is not a playlist. You hear me? Now, I have a worship playlist. 
In fact, I have an instrumental worship playlist. I have a new worship playlist. I have an old worship playlist. I have a prophetic worship playlist. These are all on my Spotify. I got all these worship playlists on my Spotify. But if you turn worship simply into a playlist, you've made it a genre of music. Huh? You said, well, I'm just, just going to listen to some worship today. You've made it a, a, a genre of music. You just feel, I feel like listening to worship. And you just made it your genre. And then another day, you say, I feel like listening to some jazz. Or I feel like, like getting to some oldies. Come on, now, I'm just going to go back to some of my old days. And you know what I'm saying? And you've taken worship into a playlist, into a set, right? Into just a couple songs that you like and some that you don't like. And you'll remove some and you'll add some. And that's the totality of your worship, right? And you say, well, it's just a genre. It's just a set. It's just a mood. No, it is not that. It's not this little playlist that we have. Now, you can have a, a, a playlist that, that you call worship. I do. But it is so much more than just a list of songs. Come on now. See, what I find hard to believe is that you can listen to 95.5, 96.5, 97.9, 98.7, 107.9 all week long. Listen to it all week long and then come in here and dive into the presence of God. I find that hard to believe. Man, that got quiet. Some of you go, he, missed, he named my, my station. Come on now. You can't listen to all that all week long and then come in here on a Sunday morning and just think that you're going to dive deep into the presence of God. Right? Because it's not a mood. It's not a playlist. Right? It's an issue of the heart. So some of you need to go, okay, listen, I, I, what I do out there determines how I respond in here. And what I find is this, the people that come in ready to worship God on Sunday morning have spent the week worshiping beyond these four walls. Come on, somebody. Amen. And I find that probably the opposite of true. The people that struggle to worship here on Sunday morning probably spent very little to no time outside these four walls worshiping. So it matters. huh? So it's not a playlist. And the third thing worship is not is worship is not a method. It's not a method. Because if you believe it's a method, then you'll say, well, he has his method and I have mine. He worships his way and I worship my way. Hmm? Do you know when you plug an address in on your phone, you got to go somewhere. Let's say it's an hour away and, and you plug it into your phone. What, what does the, the maps do? It gives you about three different options of how to get there. And it'll say, well, this one's going to take you 55 minutes, and this one's going to take you 58 minutes, and this one's going to take you an hour and five minutes. And I always look at that and go, I can beat all of those. I can, every one of those. I consider it a challenge. You ever put those, you know what I'm saying? Does anybody do that? Like, I got this. Cynthia, don't talk. We're going to win. We're going to beat this thing. Big deal. Like, who cares, right? So, but we treat worship like that sometimes. We think, well, we can just choose a route of how to get to the presence of God, and I can just do it my way, and, and, and it'll work, because, because I'm just going to do it my way. This is my method. Other people can go their route, but I'm going to go my route. There's no routes. There's one way. It's called God's way. 
That's it. There's only one way to worship God. It's not your way, his way, somebody else's way. It is God's way. And if God says lift your hands, we lift our hands. Come on now. If God says sing, we sing. If God says shout, we shout. If God says clap, guess what? Start clapping. We have to worship God God's way to get to God's presence. Hallelujah. Listen, in the Old Testament, you didn't get into the Holy of Holies just anyway. You had to go to the outer court and then to the inner court and then to the holy place before you ended up in the holy of holies. Listen, there's not these different routes to God's presence. It's one way called God's way. Hallelujah. I had somebody leave the church one time and uh, they called and told me, well, you know why? You know why I left the church, pastor? I said, well, no, but you're probably going to tell me. And they said, I'll, I'll tell you, it's because sometimes you get up on the platform and you, you tell people to lift their hands. You'll say, lift a the, lift the hand to heaven. And I don't like being told to lift my hands. I said, oh, okay. Well, this probably isn't the church for you. You need to go to a place where they never tell you to do anything. You can do everything your way. But what I find is this. God has a way. Right now? Come on now. God has a specific way. And he wants you to worship him his way, according to the word of God. Amen? It's his way. And it's not whether I like the song, don't like the song, or, or this is new, this is not new, this is old, this is not old. It's, hey, man, I'm in the presence of God. And if I feel the Holy Spirit telling me to lift my hands, I'm going to lift my hands. Amen? And I'm going to shout. I'm going to do whatever God says to do in this moment because I want to get to where God is. Hallelujah. Amen? So there's no methods to this thing. There's only God's way. Hallelujah. I want to tell you two reasons why I worship. And the first one is this. I worship because I have seen his greatness. Woo, hallelujah. I say God's great. Can I read some scriptures to you? I want to just read these to you real quick. This is from the New Living Translation. Psalms 48, 48 verse 1 says this, How great is the Lord, how deserving of praise. Woo. Psalms 96 verse 4 says, Great is the Lord, he is most worthy of praise. Psalms 135 verse 5 says this, I know the greatness of the Lord, that the Lord is greater than any other God. Listen to me, church. He is great and he's great greatly to be praised. And when I come into this place, I'm responding to how great he is. Hallelujah. That's why I lift my hands. That's why I shout. That's why I feel like I just got something inside of me because I'm responding to him. Hallelujah. He is great God and he's greatly to be praised. Listen, let's go back to, to Matthew chapter 26 for a moment. Do you remember I, I, read, I read about the Pharisees where the Pharisees tried to hush, hush up the people? Tried to say it was unnecessary. But watch this. Watch this. Watch this again. The disciples actually came to Jesus. And they said to Jesus, why this waste? Now, as offensive as it is for the Pharisees to come and say, them worshiping you is unnecessary, you need to stop them. You kind of expect that from the religious people. Got it? You kind of expect that from them. But his own disciples, 
Did you hear me? His own disciples said to Jesus, she wasted that on you. Woo. I'm surprised at Jesus' response. Right? She wasted it on you. See, I'm here to tell you this. Worship is never waste. Hmm, come on now. You could, listen to me, church. These disciples had seen blind eyes open. Come on now. They had seen the sick healed. They had literally seen with their own eyes the dead raised, including Lazarus, who one account tells us was sitting at the table, which must have been a little awkward. Because if anybody should have been praising and worshiping and at his feet, it should have been him. Come on now. But the disciples said, that box of perfume, she wasted it on you. And I'm here to tell you that if you would have lined up every box of perfume on the earth at that time, if you would have poured it on Jesus, it still would not have been wasteful. He's worthy of all of our praise, all of our energy, everything that I've got. Listen, if I lift my hands, he's worth it. If I clap, he's worth it. If I sing, he's worth it. Come on now. He is worth everything that I am. Nothing is wasteful when it comes to worship. Somebody say hallelujah. Amen. He's worth it. Hallelujah. He's so worth it. It's never wasteful. I've seen his greatness. And I need to respond in kind. And the second reason I worship is this. I've experienced his grace. Hallelujah. And if the first reason wasn't good enough, (laughs) come on now. If the first reason doesn't make you want to shout, if the first reason doesn't make you want to lift your hands, come on now, then you you got to get to the second reason. And the second reason, come on now, ought to just make you fall on your face before God. Listen, I have experienced His grace. Do you know this? It wasn't the first time somebody broke a perfume box on Jesus. It was the second time. The first time somebody did it, the person who did it was unnamed. It's in Luke chapter 7. It doesn't give her name. It just says a woman. Huh? It just says a woman. We don't know who she was. We don't know her name. There's speculation. There's thought of who she might have been. They th- some people think maybe she was the woman who was caught in the midst of adultery. Other people think that it was this person or that person. But she's unnamed. I like it when they're unnamed. Because then I try to figure it out. Who, who was that? All I know is this. Here's what the Bible says about her. She was a sinner. Come on now. See, that's the starting point of all worship. What I used to be. Did you hear me? (laughs) That's the starting point of all worship. What I used to be. That's all I need to know. 
right? All I need to know is I was a sinner and he saved me by his grace. Come on now. That's all I need to lift my hands. That's all I need to shout. Hallelujah. I've experienced his grace. And this woman walks in where there's this group of men gathered and she's got a box of perfume. And and in her gratitude to Jesus lifting her out of the pit, in her gratitude to him saving her, in her gratitude to letting grace just flow and forgiveness flow in her life, she takes the most costly thing that she has and she breaks it and she pours it on his feet and she takes her hair and begins to wipe her feet with her hair and there are others that are gathered around and says, that's a waste and she says, no, I've experienced his grace. Hallelujah. And it's never wasteful. Huh? And some go, oh yeah, well she was just, look, look if Jesus knew what kind of person she was. Well, what kind of person were you? Come on now. I know what, what I've been. I know all the things that I've done. Come on now. Hallelujah. That's why I come into this place, man. And I can't keep still. Why? Because I've experienced his grace. I know the depths that he's brought me out of. I know how he put my marriage back together. And he gave me the most incredible family. And God just done so many things. How can I keep from praising him? How can I keep from worshiping? How can I keep my hands down? Listen, I got to lift my hands because I've experienced the goodness of God in my life. Hallelujah. His grace and his mercy has flown over me. And if you're struggling with this, maybe you just haven't experienced grace yet. Maybe you just, you haven't seen what he's brought you out of. Huh? Well, you say, Pastor, this is just my way. No, no, we talked about that a few minutes ago. We worship God's way. See, I'm going to ask Pastor Mark and the team to come. I've taught on worship so many times, and every time uh, I teach on it, I tell this story. And I'm getting older, so I tell the same stories over and over again. And if you don't like it, too bad, because I'm not getting any younger. And, so, and, and some of you need to hear them again, because maybe you didn't get it the first time. All right, so I talk about my teenage years and learning how to worship God. Because the truth is this, nobody talked me into worship. Now, I had a, I had a children's church leader who would tell you to lift your, lift your hands, and you did because she was going to get you if you didn't. So I lifted my hands. So she talked me into it. But as soon as she wasn't looking, the hands went down. She talked me into it, and I talked myself right out of it. When I was a teenager, I've been saved really all of my life. I never, I never remember my life not saved. I've been in church. I've been in Sunday school. I grew up with hymn books. I mean, that's just, that's just how I grew up. And so I was a teenager, and I loved God. Man, we would go out in the streets witnessing. We went to Lake Worth Beach every Friday night witnessing. We went, to, we went to Mardi Gras. We went to Fantasy Fest. We went to bowl games. We did all of this going out on the streets witnessing, right? I did all of that. And, but I still struggled with worship. And the reason is, is because I, my church and my high school were very close in proximity. They were only about a mile apart. I graduated from St. Lucia's, class of 88. Woo, woo. So, 
So school was big. We had 3,000 people in our school, so, and, and the youth group was pretty good size. We would, we would average about 500 kids in our youth group. And I knew that at any moment, any Wednesday night, I could have friends walk in the door. And I thought, if they see me worshiping, oh, man, what are they going to say Thursday morning? They're going to think, weirdo, Jesus freak. So here's what I would do. I would just do this. Because if, I, if they see me like this, they'll think, not so weird, not much of a Jesus freak. So I did, this is just caught up in the moment. You know what I'm saying? This is just, just caught up in the emotion. Right? Sorry about that. I just caught up in the emotion. Until I just got set free. Right? Until I just said, you know what? Why would I value these people more than I value what he's done? Why would I value dignity and reputation and what other people think and what others care about and friends that I have not seen woo, since 1988? Come on now. Why would I value what they think more than what he's done for me? Right? So that's why today when I lift my hands, I lift them all the way. Now, there's not anything unspiritual about this. My pastor, 48 years, when he worships God, typically he keeps his hands here. And he's the most spiritual person I know, right? It's just for me, right? Just for me, my hands had to go here. Because I said to God, God, this is not wasted. This is, this is my worth it moment. You see? It's my worth it moment. This is me telling God, God, you're worth it. And when I wake up early to go into his presence, he's worth it. That's my other worth it moment. When I volunteer at church, that's another worth it moment. When I give, that's a worth it moment. God, you're, these are all acts of worship. God, you're worth it. You're so worth it. I don't care what other people think. I don't care who's looking or not looking. God, I want to worship you because I've seen your greatness and I've experienced your grace. What else do I need? Would you stand to your feet today? I want to worship the Lord one more time this morning. Is that all right with you today? This isn't an event. I know it's Sunday morning, but it's not an event. Because you can do the same thing in your car, your kitchen table, in your back porch, Woo! in the shower. Come on now wherever you want. There's no when and where. It's an issue of the heart. This is not some playlist. Right? We just go, let's do the worship set and then let's get on to what's next. No, we don't, we don't ever act that way here, Grace. This is not just a method that we choose. Well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do, you know what I mean? This is just my way. It's whatever God says for me to do right here, right now. Woo, let me try that again. It's whatever God says for me to do right here, right now. If he says, come to the altar and get on your knees, that's what I'm going to do. If he says, lift your hands, 
lift your hands. If he says, get on your knees in your chair, then that's what I'm going to do. If he says, fold your hands, and put them, that's what you do. Amen. It's just a response. Hallelujah. I want us to do this. I want us to go back into a worship song. And we're going we're gonna to say goodbye to those of you who joined us on Facebook and YouTube. Thank you for joining us.